0: Hello, welcome to episode two sixty nine. We are all from China. I am.
1: So yeah, that's because from the show last night, yeah. we did the uh, send off for a, Dean
0: Haglund yeah, going well, to Australia. So I thought I'd do a horrible yeah. accent <laughs> uh, in honor of Dean Haglund who's moving to moving to Australia. Yes uh, That was a fun show last night
1: It was It was a really fun Steve show
0: Steve um, um Chris Bono was on Yeah, Brooks Whelan Rick Overton Yeah uh,
1: It was a good show In mm-hmm. this um, little downtown dive bar In,
0: in the Los corner Angeles. of a dive bar Yeah,
1: it wasn't even in the big part of the dive bar <laughs> yeah, it, was this, it was like in this corner
0: It's weird wooden box chairs yeah no
1: stage Nothing. <laughs> but I a mean,
0: gold microphone yeah, a
1: gold microphone and i and i think dean himself mounted the spotlight yeah
0: here. a gold microphone like we were performing at the wayne newton theater yeah. at the stardust <laughs> like we all should have had diamond pinky rings that they had a specific <laughs> light on that they shoot right there it was quite a show it was cool so uh dean is moving in about i don't know 10 days less than something yeah, like that next week uh-huh Uh, He's moving to Sydney. So any Australian uh, film nerd fans, uh, rub your kitten hands along his his luxurious face. (laughs) um which we'll is you know
1: he'll be doing some bullshit down in australia <laughs> he's gonna be yeah, some bullshit yeah be, he'll sure. be signing something
0: so when we uh when we you know the plan is we don't have any finalized we're, we're working out right now but obviously as we've said we want to screen earbuds down there in uh, australia sydney and hopefully maybe melbourne and some other cities if we can and and dean will hopefully be at at summer all of those uh screenings with with A. so um, yeah you said it we have now more film nerd writers in Australia than we do in New York City. Yes. <laughs> Suck it big apple. I yes. <laughs> don't need your nonsense. Um we're going down under. <laughs> so uh
1: well let's introduce our guest. Yeah, longtime comedy film nerds uh writer and also our go-to guy for the Turner Classic Movie uh Film Festival Probably and been uh
0: Uh, He did a uh, He has a recurring role in a little TV show Called uh, Mad Men Mad Men TV Mm -hmm. program on the cable TV I don't know if any of you have heard about it Uh, Ladies and gentlemen welcome back nerd Writer and uh, guest
2: Alan Havy Thank you guys thank you everybody (laughs) Great to be here in the garage You know Graham I don't know why you got out of acting But that accent man I I felt I was on the outback (laughs) (laughs) I felt I was battling the Russell, whatever the hell that actor's <laughs> name is.
0: Russell Crowe.
2: Yeah. yeah, Russell Crowe. What happened to that movie?
1: Yeah. It was in the Great Wall of the Outback. That's the great, where you. Oh, that's where you brought me. The great, with that the great
0: Wall of the Outback. Hello, I'm a dingo wrangler. I am.
2: Wow, there's uh, a kangaroo in the room. Yeah,
0: it's it's amazing. It is amazing.
2: By the way, have you been to Australia? Yes, uh, I've mm-hmm. been to Melbourne and Sydney and Cairns. It's Wonderful. They're great. It's, it's great. a great
0: country. I mean, mm. I, honestly, lovely I've, people. I've been to, we were in Sydney last summer for the film, and then we were in in literally in the Outback inter- interviewing a fan, Russell.
1: Yeah. Um, in Newman.
0: In Newman, Arizona. Newman Aris- I was going Newman, Newman, Arizona? Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's close. Newman, Arizona has one of the more-
2: greatest states, yeah. <laughs> entirely surrounded by water. Yeah. Arizona, at <laughs> one time a penal colony.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we were in Newman, Arizona. Uh, I've been to Melbourne and Adelaide. I just loved. I love those cities. I want to. want to see more. Uh, didn't really get to Perth. We just flew through it. Right. I want to see Perth, and I want to go up north to Brisbane and the Gold Coast. I want to see that. Yes. Um, so much more Australia you want to surf there too damn right that's the only reason (laughs) that's the main reason
2: I I did go scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef oh really really yeah how How was was that that? it was great it was fantastic
1: did you see stuff like did like did stuff No, I didn't come see you? anything. I just kind of
2: <laughs> closed my eyes and just kind of went through the water. But like, I felt buoyant, like like crazy, like sea creatures that you wouldn't normally. No, see No, but it's interesting. Nothing was mm-hmm. like crazy, but there was a bull shark just hanging around there. And the mm-hmm. guy said, "Don't worry about it." His name is Henry. You know how they are, the Australians. Yeah, don't hey, worry about Henry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was a horrible <laughs> Australian. <That was laughs> no, <naive, naive. laughs> I bet you there's more felons in Arizona than there are in the whole country of Australia. I would, yeah, you
0: second know? that for sure.
2: Um. Even if you count it in the 1800s, for sure <laughs> yeah, that's still Arizona's true. Arizona was always had
0: more... I went to college there, yeah. so yeah, I got you, out. Of, you went to college? University of Arizona in Tucson.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought I was thinking Australia. No, sorry. he went to the penal colony the sun in devils? Arizona. Is that what they are? No, it's Arizona State. <laughs> that's, oh, you Everyone went to Everyone always says
0: that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> always goes, oh, you went to Arizona State? No, I went to University of Arizona. What, where what you, are their... The Wildcats? The Wildcats. The prisoners? Yeah. The, wild, the Wildcat convicts?
1: Um, <laughs> well, we, we, we got to get started. We, um, okay. we got to talk about Mad Max. And uh, also, we've been many tweets and emails. Are you guys going to do a spoiler up? Yes, we are. Yes. And we are not going to announce the guest in case he doesn't show
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> but we are recording that later today, and we'll release yes. it this week.
1: Yeah, regardless of whether he
2: shows up <laughs> or
0: <laughs> Whatever we have a guest or not, we, were gonna, we are going to do a Mad Max spoiler. You mean guests don't show up?
2: That happens Isn't that crazy? Well, and, and that's no, that's wrong. It is wrong. We wrong. agree. It is. Mm-hmm. If you have a guest and you know, especially this thing, it's not like you're here all day right. doing a podcast it's but an hour that is wrong
0: it's totally wrong yeah. Alan they call with crazy things and can I reschedule to May they do all kinds of crazy oh uh, wait hey wait a minute I just
2: I just thought it would be more interesting <laughs> after the end of Mad Men you're to have right. this podcast you're very okay? it's a good call
0: it's a good call I'm
2: coming at 11 not at 3 <laughs> yeah <laughs> apparently you guys don't drive
0: <laughs> um,
1: so Mad Max Fury Road dear lord this movie I liked was it. a long time in the making, I enjoyed it very much, and as soon as that movie started, it's like it was like adrenaline being poured into your eyes mm-hmm. for uh, an hour and a half. It was really, really amazing. I, I
0: think, um, like I said going into it, I I was skeptical of, I was skeptical of if if it's just going to be too much useless action. Right. And how are they gonna tell a story in all this action? Right. They told it brilliantly, I thought. I thought like they used um the the there was a, so much nonverbal acting in that movie that I thought was amazing between uh Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. Yes. And and they did um, you know, his kind of crazy PTSD flashbacky things were also very informative.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it was... One of the things that I will say about this film is... You're either going to be on board at the beginning or you're not. It, this isn't the kind of movie that's going to change your mind halfway through. Like, uh, it's the kind of movie where you know what you're getting into. It's a Mad Max movie. Um, you're already either on board or you're not. And you can watch this movie and you kind of know what to expect. Not completely, you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know who Mad Max is and you're like not on board in the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, there's nothing that follows that is going to change your mind. Right. It really is. It, it It is what it is. And I will say, one of the things is that um, it sets up the character of Mad Max beautifully. Like, this isn't a reboot. It's not a remake. It's literally... A continuation of the stories with another actor, because the way they flashed back and they give like little Easter eggs to the older films, mm-hmm. and um, you know, in the first movie he's a cop. But you would, if you just watch this movie without knowing the backstory, you would. There's no way you Right Well he mentions, he mentions it In the voiceover mentions it in the voiceover Exactly Like literally The first voiceover um, Sets up The last three movies Pretty much And then you're off To the races That's yeah. it
0: And they I mean George Miller's Called this a reimagining So it's kind of not It's not a, a sequel of any kind, nor is it a prequel. He's sort of just reimagining it a little bit. It felt like a sequel
1: to me. It really felt like timeline-wise. I'm not sure I would have to... That's what he called it, out. though. Yeah,
0: okay. That's what he's calling it, so mm-hmm. it is sort of a reimagining, but it did feel like... Uh, but but I liked it, and man, it's it's really Charlize Theron's film.
1: Yeah, and that's... I will say, if there's one complaint that I did have about that movie is that there wasn't enough Mad Max in right. it. Like, like, he spends... Uh, Real quick, folks, what you're
0: listening to is uh, Chris is getting some work done on his house, so
1: you might hear some faint buzzing or banging every once in a while. There's nothing we can do about it.
2: I'm just going to plug my ears. (laughs) Spoiler: (laughs) (laughs) seeing the movie tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry,
1: we won't spoil any of it. Uh, And this is anything that we talk about happens literally in the beginning of the film. Like, like like you would say, as far as Mad Max goes, like um, I I wanted to see more of him in the movie actually, Mm -hmm. and I thought Tom Hardy was a great choice. Like I, I wanted to see just uh, We'll get more into it in the spoiler app But I I mean that's kind of a sign of how much I enjoyed it Is like I just wanted to see more of certain things Now one of the things that blew me away Was the use of practical effects You just don't see this anymore mm-hmm. You see actual cars crashing Cars exploding I mean this movie They could have amazing. easily This could have been 300ed yeah. 300ed 300ified <laughs> yeah 300ified uh, Where you know you've got all these actors on like Um, you know, green screens and, uh, you know, half-shell cars and Mm -hmm. whatever, and then you just CG all the other cars in the background. But no, the and here's the thing about it. It made it feel so much more visceral and real when you see the actual vehicles and the crashing. And they were even saying, like, the stuntmen... Like, you know, when they're, um, you see all this in the trailer, they, they're, they're on the poles moving back and mm-hmm. forth. They're doing all yeah. of that. There's not, you know, there's not a green screen pole or anything. It, it was really, really cool. And it just felt, um, like that's how this movie needed to be. Like, I
0: was trying to figure, I was like, God, how did they shoot this?
1: Yeah. That, that was, that went through my mind a couple of times. Like, how, how did they shoot this? And
2: I felt that way about the road warrior. Right. Too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? 30 years ago. Yeah. Right.
1: Exactly, like that movie. George Miller's 70 years old. I mean, and he he directed, he put this movie together. Granted, it was been in development for a while, but he put this together and he just kept the
0: essence of it. 30 years later, it was was as a kid. I saw Road Warrior first and was like, and then like saw Mad Max on VHS or something, was like, oh
2: wow. I don't think Mad Max came here. Exactly. You know, uh, the, our, uh, for Americans, our first intro to this mm-hmm. was, was uh, Road Warrior. Was yeah. Road Warrior. And then we had to
1: actually had to go seek out the original film. Right. Eventually it did come. When Road Warrior was big, they
0: re-released. Uh, um, but the movie. first time I saw Mad Max was on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. And Same Road here. Warrior was, was got a wide release because Mel Gibson had already sort of blown up at that right, point. Right, right. Mad Max, he was nobody. Mm-hmm. And so that's what – I was like, wow, this is, ama- this is an amazing, crazy world. And I'm yeah.
1: going to read you a piece of trivia that kind of um, tells how he – and why George Miller okay. Miller made this movie. I read this on Wikipedia, and I had to share it with everybody. George Miller was a medical doctor – in Sydney, Australia, working in a hospital emergency room where he saw many injuries and deaths of the types depicted in the film. He also witnessed many car accidents growing up in rural Queensland and had, as a teenager, lost at least three friends in accidents. God. So you see how art... You know, comes from real life When I read that, I'm like, oh my god Yeah,
2: what must have been going through his head When he was he was making these movies So if you're having a tough day, if your girlfriend broke up with you Deal with it, yeah. Yeah. make a film <laughs> This guy was a doctor, he went to med school yeah.
0: He was working in an ER
2: Yeah <laughs> He wasn't shooting with his iPhone Yeah, he
0: wasn't whining because he didn't get something Something didn't download on his phone
1: Every once in a while watching this movie, Graham Did you feel like, oh, that's what the future's gonna look like? There was a couple times where, we're like, yep, it's going to be Ugh. cars. We're going to be fighting over water. And there's going to be. And oil uh, and guns. And there's going to be giant. Uh, there's going to be obese mayors with giant feet.
0: <laughs> I got to tell you, I was. When I watch a movie that I think, like, if they do too much action or that it's just action just for action's sake, I start to tune out and I get bored. Because
1: it becomes. Um, you don't care, and, just, and and it literally becomes repetitive. I, this it's like was, watching a Michael Bay movie. Exactly. How many times can you watch a building blow up?
0: I was like, my body was physically tense for most of this movie because I was so engaged in it. and was like, wow. So,
2: Did you th- see it in 3D?
0: No, and I wish I would have. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not a, I've talked many times in the show. I'm not a big 3D guy. I saw the Age of Ultron, the Avengers movie in 3D, and was like, wow, I saw it in IMAX 3D at the Chinese. I saw this movie. Was in the back row. I wish the screen would have been bigger. And afterwards, I went, "Man, maybe I should have seen this." Seen and, this one in three d in IMAX three yeah. D. Like mm-hmm. I think, like it might be worth that extra money. And I don't say that often. So,
1: I think I'm going to be seeing this one again on the big screen. I got to see it again. Yeah,
0: because there's just too many story things and and um analogies and all this stuff that he's putting in there and what this is. I mean, he's basically, we'll get into this in the spoiler. Yes.
1: But it's, it's big, crazy action. And one of the also, but, the, uh, but one what, of he's, the what he's
0: saying, the, the, what he's saying, and I, I won't say it now, I'll say it in mm-hmm. the spoiler, but mm-hmm. what he's saying about our current society,
1: man, there's some commentary the, there for wow. sure, but there's but, there, there's commentary in every movie, right? Every Mad Max movie, right? Even the Thunderdome one. Even <laughs> you know what? Of, it, there is. Uh, it just doesn't quite work it's in bad, that one. It's yeah, bad
0: commentary. It's, it's, <laughs> it's useless commentary. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, well, one of the things I love to. One of the stars of this film was the production design. It's absolutely incredible because mm-hmm. not only are these weird kind of post-apocalyptic tripped out tricked out cars you also have these different almost clans of like different societies and each one that's different they have like their own town and what they do but they also all the car styles are different right like they do different things to each car and it's unbelievably meticulous detail to each thing it's like this is like the motorcycle guys and this is the, you know, mm-hmm. the cars, that the, these are the weapons that they use. And it all feels like, oh, well, that's what they would do. These are the weapons that would happen. And when society collapses, this is what people would be using. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, uh, you who know, you it? See, it was George Miller with, I think, one or two other people. And this is what I, I loved about the authenticity of it. It wasn't another filmmaker coming over, taking over the reins of Band Max. This is the same guy who did it, you know, ye- many years ago. What, what, I mean, the first Mad Max, 30, 40 years ago.
0: Yeah, it was written by George Miller, Brendan McCarthy, and uh, the final credit is uh, Nick Um Yeah. Those are the three guys that wrote it.
2: So- At 70 years old, where do you see your guys... Where do you see yourselves? I'm on a porch somewhere.
0: Yeah, not not, <laughs> not in Australia, and South Africa, making yeah, this he, giant movie. I don't yeah. know, man. I'm like
2: in the middle of the desert. I'm auditioning for grandpa. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm. Or great grandpa. Yeah.
0: I'm uh, buying a new smoothie blender on Amazon. And that's what i But it's it right gonna be a real arm. cool one, man. nice one. <laughs> I like can yeah. easy.
1: I can see that. I can see, you know, trip to Hawaii. That's uh, that's what that's I'm going to do. Yeah, 70.
0: yeah. I, 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 this was impressive. So, yeah, I, I recommend this film, and and we've gotten a lot of great comments on the message yes. board. And we'll read more of those, and and again, we'll do the spoiler rep. So, absolutely. <laughs> Curious to know, Alan, when you're going, you said you're going to see it this week. What you think about it after it comes up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely, send you an email. Yeah, definitely okay. want to know what you think because
2: I had a friend who walked out right because he he said uh, as opposed to your point of view. Mm-hmm. It just he couldn't watch any more. It was just climax after climax mm-hmm. after right. climax, and I understand that. And this guy's pretty picky, mm-hmm. but he he has a fatigue syndrome, and he rarely goes out of the house to see a movie. And he really wanted to see this movie because he loved the Road Warrior, right. mm-hmm. Thunderdome, and Mad Max. You know. And I, I
1: can see that point of view. Absolutely. with this type of movie. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah.
0: That doesn't shock me. Anybody no. saying oh, I was just too much, I could, I'd go. They're going to have the same complaint.
1: Anyone that doesn't right. like this movie, the complaint's going to be exactly the same. It's uh, there's not enough story. It's too much. It's too much action, and mm-hmm. that's like, I couldn't get into it. But I'm so, going to see it in 3D. Nice tomorrow. Yeah. So. Um, all right, all the right. next movie is uh, I Am Big Bird, the Carol Spinney story. All right, you finally saw this. Yeah, I did. I was really excited to see this because uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that, again, uh, another man who's been doing this since uh, 1969 when Sesame mm-hmm. Street started, it's the same guy doing uh, Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch still.
2: You don't give up a gig in this business. Yeah. No. <laughs> you don't, especially if they don't see your face. Never give that gig <laughs> yeah. up.
1: No. And, uh, He's
0: 78. 78. What? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, it, so it was, sounds like I'll still be podcasting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can
1: see us still in the garage
2: in 70s. <laughs>
0: no, we got to have an office. Come on. <laughs> no, I'll, you, have...
2: I'll tell you guys. No,
0: we've bought the block. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> fine.
2: It's like George Romero. I know guys in this business who are in their 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. They still want to work. Yes. Yeah, they mm-hmm. still, you, you, you don't lose it. Now, some guys don't. Like Don Adams from Get Smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he retired, he retired. He got out right. of the business.
0: Flip Wilson did the same thing. He yeah. just made his money and went... And some artists, they can't. It's like, well, I'm
1: making art. I can't stop until I'm dead, and that's I've. I see that as well. Um, and I when
0: hopefully I when I'm movie, 70 though. Hopefully when I'm 70, I'm leading some sort of post-apocalyptic war. War. No, you people. don't want yeah, that. come on.
2: At 70, maybe now. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, not going to have the energy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want that.
1: At 70, you're going to be the one left behind when they go on scavenging food runs. Ah, right? you're right. <laughs>
2: You're, th- like, you're going to be in an ice flow. Yeah. If there is water, you're going to be in an ice flow. <laughs> Come on, Grandpa Graham. Here you go. Oh. <laughs> all right. going to push me out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bye bye.
1: You guard the citadel while we all go out. We home. don't have enough food
2: for you, Graham.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Try and keep up.
2: Uh. <laughs> so, this movie. Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> that's what it'll be. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. I've heard that since I was a kid. <laughs> I know. oh
2: really? Grandma,
0: Grandpa, mm-hmm. uh, Graham cracker. Wow, well, Graham s'mores. cracker. I would expect get them mm-hmm. all. What's your brother? And then there's a, what's your brother's name? Meter. Ha ha. It's a metric Ooh. joke. Yeah. Eighties mm-hmm. road comics. Ah, Graham. I like got Grandma Coke. Yeah, I know everything's true. I never said that to you. No, you years. didn't. God uh, bless you, uh, and that's why you're still here today.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> I, I knew it was. That was a litmus test. <laughs> <laughs> so so I saw this movie and I'm watching this movie and um the reason it's it's a it's a good watch is because of the subject matter. I mean right. Carol Spinney is amazing to watch and he's really compelling. The problem is the documentary is made actually very poorly. Like it was partially crowdfunded, um, the documentarians Uh oh. Yeah. (laughs) And it it could have really used a little more money and a little more experience on the other side with the filmmakers. Because the filmmakers didn't understand what was important and what wasn't when they were putting this film together. Mm -hmm. There's one pivotal scene. This is not a spoiler. You know he's still doing Big Bird. Right. (laughs) On Sesame Street. Um, One of the plans, NASA had called him at one point and wanted him to go on the space shuttle. And to kind of get uh, all of the kids involved in science. And that was one of the things. It was a big promotional mm-hmm. thing. Um, and it turns out, you know, they couldn't get the costume on the space shuttle. It wouldn't work. And well, that, wait,
2: like NASA wanted Big Bird? Yes. On the space shuttle? Yes. Wow.
1: That's huge. And that's the space shuttle. And that's that, a
2: spoiler alert. So yeah. go ahead.
1: <laughs> and that's the shuttle that blew up. Oh. So that was the one that with he the was teacher. Not on. With the teacher nice. on. Nice. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And the way that it's handled is there's this big build-up to like, yeah, they asked me to go and all this stuff. And then when they show the footage of the Challenger blowing up, there's no follow-up interviews. Wouldn't you think that's kind of... We would want you to comment on that. How do oh, you feel wow. about that? Like, there's all these missed opportunities in this documentary that uh, are a little frustrating. But the thing that actually saves it is, of course, the subject matter. It's huge nostalgia. Anybody who grew up on Sesame Street watching Big Bird and Oscar, and it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic to see it for that perspective. But then there's also places like that, again, the filmmakers dropped the ball where they go through... Sesame Street went through a change. Characters like Big Bird and Oscar were the stars of the show, but then the demographic changed and the producers decided, well, no, we're going to have, instead of like five and six-year-olds watch when it was kind of... Remember when it first started, it was kind of hip, like a Saturday Night sure. Live type sketches with, but for kids? The focus became on Elmo and then the the, uh, younger characters, and then the demographic of the show was two- and three-year-olds. So Uh. they didn't get into, like, why that happened, you know, how that left, you know, the older characters like, you know, Big Bird and Oscar. Um, And that was like, well, no, that's fascinating. Like, what caused a change in the whole content of Sesame Street? And it was completely ignored and like what they mentioned, culture. It, mentioned yeah. 2 and
2: 3 we're going to 2 and 3 yeah. they're the market now they have more disposable income yeah.
1: yeah so um it's definitely worth seeing for a nostalgia point of view and to actually watch carol spinney but um the filmmaking makes it um kind of bland and lifeless which is a shame because this type of subject matter deserves sure. you know a, a little bit better treatment but uh it's still worth a watch you definitely want to check it out
0: alright well let's get into um Let's get into the TCM festival Yes, yes Now, Alan Alan,
1: You go every year Every year
2: How how was this year different? What did you see? The only thing different this year Was Robert Osborne wasn't there He uh, had a a minor medical procedure But because I guess he's 82 mm-hmm. The doctor wanted to do it now So it was just mm-hmm. bad timing He's fine He's in the pink He feels good So that was the only disappointment
1: So we're only going to be talking about people 70
2: or older on this show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But Ben Mankiewicz And Ileana Douglas Scott McGee Leonard Moulton Did Double Duty you Oh know, great Yeah, Because gotcha. this was kind of a, Almost the last minute thing mm-hmm. And it was fantastic it, it is every year You have a great choice of films uh, to talk to. I guess the highlight for me was Christopher Plummer being interviewed by Leonard Moulton before uh, the man who would be king. Oh, man. And, oh, wow. and he told some great stories involving Sean Connery and Michael Caine. <laughs> this this guy's really articulate and a smart guy, Christopher Plummer.
0: Christopher Plummer's a guy I could listen to tell stories yeah, about yeah. his old theater days. And, and you and know, he's old... got
2: millions of them. He did a one-man show about uh, the literature he grew up on mm-hmm. over the years. And it was an hour and 20 minutes in case he's 82, I think he sat down two minutes and had one sip of water during the whole time. Wow. It was fascinating. He's down in LA. So I knew he was a good storyteller, but it's one of my favorite films. And uh, that's what you get when you go here. You not only see the movie, and sometimes people did spoil stuff at the beginning. The crowd went, ooh. And someone said, oh, you've seen it before? No, like that. Like, so there were a couple times people did kind of screw up. They didn't give away the ending right, or anything. Right. But. Um, uh, but you get to hear people talk about movies, and they're as passionate or more passionate than you are, right? And that's there is that community feeling when you're going to this, and time stops because you've seen. I first year I, I saw five movies a day. This year I averaged like three and a half, <laughs> you know, because I had a, a, other things to do. Right, and I had an audition like early Monday, or I had uh-huh. order early Monday, so I missed Sunday night, which I wanted to see. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to see Kiss Me, Kate on the big screen mm-hmm. because it's one of those musicals that was at the Chinese. But uh, I just love the Turner. It's like Christmas to me. Yeah. And fortunately, I've never been booked in a club or gotten acting work during the Turner Classic <laughs> <Festival laughs> movie film festival. If I had to miss that, I would be seriously bummed.
0: Right. You know? I mean, I'm looking at – you you brought um, – uh, scheduling like you brought the, the the program and at the back is the schedule grid and i'm just looking at this and it's just like it's huge
1: and neil was saying like he was there the whole time and he never saw you and looking at this grid i'm like oh you, like you said you could have five people there and never
2: see each other
0: it's but, amazing you've got i mean there's norma ray an affair to remember the cincinnati kid i, mean, I
2: saw the cincinnati kid uh, and ann margaret came out really and talked about it what was that like it was it was really interesting she talked about she was she's a motorcycle freak and, oh, really? yeah, she oh, wow. she would ride her motorcycle like a Mulholland Drive, going 120 miles an hour. No way. Yeah, that's what Ben Mankiewicz said when he interviewed her. And you know, she talked about Steve McQueen. The only thing, just she real
0: quick, this just for people out there, the Cincinnati Kid came out in '65, directed by Norman Jewison, uh, starring Steve McQueen and ann Margaret
2: and G. Robinson and I mean, Carl is, Malden. This is oh. and Rip Torn. You know, oh. have you see these actors? You know, in the zone way before uh-huh. you know and these are marked report. with like a discussion like so that tells you the people from the film
1: are going to be there
2: right I saw Patton on the big screen oh, God. I had I hadn't seen it uh, since it first came out my dad took me to see it 1970 we went together mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ron Perlman the actor came out and just introduced it there was no discussion of course all the principles are right. uh, are gone uh, but and that was good and Ron Perlman it was very short but it was very succinct and you could tell he just loved this movie. Mm. And his, he says his career of his highlight, uh, the career highlight. And you look at Ron Perlman. You look at IMDb him. He's, mm-hmm. been, he's been in many, many a ton, things. ton of things, starting with, I think, Quest for Fire and uh, just having a great career. He said being a guest programmer on TCM is the highlight of his career.
0: Really? Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: I think Robert Osborne is probably the most beloved man in Hollywood. Right. Yeah, because everybody all ages, actors, writers, technicians, anyone that has anything to do with film loves Turner Classic Movies.
0: Right. You know. So what are the, some of the other highlights that, like, from the festival or interviews or anything like that that really stood out to you?
2: Well, I went to see The Loved One mm-hmm. and uh, with Robert Morse, and I got there, and it was jammed, and the only the first row was open. So I said, fine, I'll sit down and 1965, right? Yeah, Jonathan Winters. Really interesting, dark uh, comedy. And Ben Mankiewicz came down to the front row, and he's ready to interview Robert Morris. And I turned around, Robert Morris sees me, and he knows me from Mad Men. So we hugged. Hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, had a great interview with uh, Robert Morris, And Ben Manquitz, nice guy. I'd never met him before. Watched him for years. Mm -hmm. And then after, before they started the movie... Robert
0: Robert Moore is the guy who plays Burt Cooper on Mad Men, just so everyone can put that together. Right, right.
2: And I've known him since I was a kid. I saw him in A Guide for the Married Man, and he's on Broadway and How to Succeed in Business, won a Tony for True. A a great career. And he, he goes, come with me. And I went up and I sat in his guest seat with him and watched him in the movie. Now, this is the first time. Oh, I, that's really I good. I just got chills, man. <laughs> I, I, I ever sat next to an actor watching his old film, you know, and every now and then he goes, this scene we were cracking up. He goes, he goes watch this. I, I, I came up with this bit. And he goes, oh, Tony. Richardson, he came out. He so he would like oh, lean.
1: You got your own DVD
2: commentary he, while watching the exactly. movie. Exactly, <laughs> and usually Bert I Cooper. don't want to talk to anybody. When of course I'm like, not. But yeah. what am I going to say? You yeah. know, it's like, come on, give me the Bob. Interview. Quiet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to watch this movie. I'm that trying you're to watch in. you. I <laughs> can't hear you. You're talking. So that was such a thrill. And then he watched about three quarters of. It. He goes, I got to go. Great to see you. You know, and then walked out you know so that was for me personally wow that's really
0: cool that, film, that's
2: like festival
0: i mean literally i just got chills on how cool that
2: would be uh rafifi was probably the best film at the festival the Why? great uh, caper film uh uh jules dassin was in it and directed it this is a must see for any comedy film nerd out there or it's uh, it's also pronounced rififi mm-hmm. um you look it up it is fantastic. Great film. When did that come out? I think it came out in 55. And that was great. And A Man for All Seasons was opposite that. So that was a really tough decision because I love that movie. But I've seen it before. I'd seen Rafifi, I think, once hmm. on television. And I wanted to see it on the big screen.
1: You know, Now, so. I noticed, too, they actually uh, – have they always done this where they've added some more recent films? like um, I see
0: Malcolm X like, like they're starting to bring movies in from the 90s 20 years it's old still 20 years old like, yeah. yeah
1: like out of sight
2: 1998 like yeah.
0: did, did they have a def- definitive cut off for a classic Is it gotta be I don't
2: know about that they probably, probably do around
0: 20 years though
2: yeah I would say at least 20 years it's it's, it's you know talk about feeling old I watch yeah, TCM I now and I go Yeah, I saw this when I was an adult. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. Like I'm looking at like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Right. You know. (laughs) But there's a whole generation that hasn't hasn't, and that's unbelievable to us. Right. You know. Well,
0: that's that's the thing we say every year when we talk about this, and it bears repeating. Which is, if this is new to you, watch it. Yeah. It's amazing. You know what I mean? And if you get to see it on a big screen. All the more because... You know,
1: take advantage
2: of living in L.A.
0: Exactly. Like, this is one of those things that you're only going to really get in L.A.
2: Um, or you can take the cruise. Right. And be in a boat. But that's it. I, I talked to the guys. Like, would, have you ever thought of having another one in New York? Yeah, we've talked about it, but it's it's a big undertaking. Right. You know? Well, this and, is a crazy amount of work, I yeah. would imagine. Yeah. And they, they're headquartered at the Roosevelt Hotel, where yeah. they held the first Oscars. The theaters are all within walking distance. Mm-hmm. There are people from many different countries all over the United States. I think maybe one state wasn't. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking about the people that go, right? It, it, it so there's a lot of film buffs See, out there. And Lauren Bacall says, if you haven't seen it, it's not an old movie. No, it's not. Right. You know?
0: And then, and then, especially, I'm assuming a lot of these they're 35 millimeter prints. Yeah, so all, you're seeing the way the movie was shot was way it was, yes, was yeah. projected the way the shots were composed the way they were lit and all that stuff and that's you, you, we kind of take that for granted in this digital get it all now age but that's the art of filmmaking yeah, and cinematography new, new
1: filmmakers yeah, don't realize yeah they don't realize mm-hmm. that they didn't see this until the film was developed right you know that's it's not like they're, oh I could just look at the monitor I know exactly what I shot no there was no playback Mm-mm. You know when you're shooting on and film, if a reel
0: like went was didn't come out, which happened, you know, like if it something got damaged or something in the in the, uh, in, the de- in the processing yeah. and the mm-hmm. development, then that guess what that reel's gone. Yeah, you yeah. know, and that's like wow, it was such a cool thing, and then you would get it back from the developer and go, okay. <laughs> And then and then put these films together, which is why they're all the more amazing when you get to see them on the big screen.
1: Now, uh, this was it's in the Man Chinese. It's the big theater, the satellite theaters, but then it's also at the Egyptian.
2: Were there any other theaters too? Yeah, all the mini theaters next to the Man. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. That are upstairs. Yes, the Egyptian. Mm -hmm. I think one year they went to the Dome. Oh, two thousand and one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. uh, And. uh, the, uh, El Capitan, I think they showed uh, the right. original Sleeping Beauty. And Pinocchio, I saw, was and on the And Pinocchio, El El Capitan. That's, that's what yeah. it was, yeah. And I, I hadn't seen Pinocchio since I was a kid, but you know, I wanted to see movies I really hadn't seen Sure. Before. You know, like My Man Godfrey. Right. Uh, I'd seen that on television never saw it on the big screen. So I passed up Breaker Morant to see oh, that. Movie. yeah. And I, and I saw Breaker Morant uh, a couple times on the right. big screen when it first came out. I just right. moved to New York. And I love that film. That's
0: a great film. We were talking about that earlier um, when the uh, – we were talking about the Water Diviner movie, which is that Russell Crowe movie about the, the Battle of Gallipoli um, and we're, the movie Gallipoli and Breaker Morant, which are – man, that's, those are – I saw Breaker Morant in the theater as a kid. That's, yeah. This, these movies – like Malcolm X I would recommend seeing on the big screen because it's Spike Lee's –
2: Masterpiece. It is
0: his masterpiece, and the um, the process of getting that movie made, he had to deal with um, the the nation of Islam and the uh, and Malcolm X's wife and family. To you know, he had to get that story completely accurate. And if you read the the, the Malcolm X uh, biography that Al- uh, Alvin Haley helped write, um, it's or Alex Haley uh, helped write it that's an amazing film. It's an an amazing, and there's all these great actors in it who later became um, bigger stars and stuff like that. Malcolm X is a phenomenal movie. Yeah. It's a phenomenal movie, and
2: I wanted to revisit it. Yeah, it, but I didn't have the time because I just come out of the Man Who Would Be King. I was kind mm-hmm. of, and this is like how
1: great the festival is. Like Malcolm X is playing against Rebel Without a Cause. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you got yeah. you have
2: all these amazing movies that you could see. Great competition for uh, Spike Lee. Yeah, right
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Rebel Without a Cause is actually playing at the Aereo near us in Santa Monica. Oh, like right this now week, this weekend. I oh, think. cool.
2: Yeah, that's. Uh... That, that's a great movie Ian Wolfe who plays the guy in the planetarium uh-huh. up mm-hmm. there I worked with him years ago and I, and I was because he's been in a ton of movies so I was when we weren't shooting I had worked with him in like 87 mm-hmm. on a movie called Checking Out he talked to me about Rebel Without a Cause and the you know they did the setup where they shot James Dean right and he gave his dialogue and then they turned the cameras around to focus on Ian Wolfe and James Dean started to leave and Ian Wolfe said where are you going he said, oh, I already did my close-ups. You can do it with the script girl. And he and Will said, no, no, I need you here. I need to look into your eyes. So I, you've got to do it again. Yeah, but I'm not on the camera. It doesn't matter. I need you. And James said, oh, okay, and sat down and did it. Because in those days, or in a lot of times, stars will get up and walk. Yeah, You know, right. the scene in the back of the taxi cab, the great scene in On the Waterfront, you know, Rod Steiger was talking to the script girl, which makes his... Uh, Performance even more amazing. Right. You know, right. Brando shot his mm-hmm. part. Am I, am I done? I'm out of here. I'm going to go play the Bongos. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, uh, if you watch Ian Wolf in Rebel Without a Cause, know mm-hmm. that James Dean is, is, a is actually there. Yeah. Which it's wasn't amazing. always the case.
1: I, I remember too, like when you see, um, when you catch up on these things and sometimes in the wrong order, like I remember watching Rebel Without a Cause going, is that Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, you don't realize sometimes when you watch sometimes someone being goofy on a sitcom, like, no, they were actually dramatic actors that made, you know.
2: Yeah, they
0: took the, the
1: sitcom you know, gig to pay the bills. Yeah, because, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. They still need to work. Yeah, yeah they still need to work. And that and that yep.
2: movie didn't keep them going Yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Actors that, still need to work all the time. Yeah. Sean Penn, one per- back when he was on Friends, said he did it for the money. Yeah. He one, needed the money.
1: One wow. performance doesn't fund your life. That's yes.
2: <laughs> No. So one sitcom can. One sitcom yeah, can. A, mm-hmm. a nice run, but uh, a movie.
0: That's why those actors like Alan Alda and people like from those those giant shows. Just mm-hmm. some of them went. Yeah, I don't need to work again. Loretta Swift from MASH was like. Hmm.
2: And you know, and but Alan Alda did work. Right. Again, but he can mm-hmm. pick and choose his project. Right. But yeah, he's right. very
0: specific. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I only want to do this really interesting thing here, mm-hmm. or this Woody Allen movie, or be on mm-hmm. West Wing, or something like that. You know, right.
1: you you can do. Uh, you know, Rebel Without a Cause and Gilligan's Island and Mr. Magoo. You know, you, you can do <laughs> yeah. all these things together. You have the time. <laughs> yeah.
2: <you know? laughs> well, let's get into that well, now. Uh, growing ahead. up in the 60s, you know, I, I I would watch Fred McMurray and My Three Sons. Mm-hmm. And then he was in the Kane Mutiny playing a total dick. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Double Indemnity. So I, And then The Apartment. So you you, and you realize, well, this guy has a lot of range. Fred
0: McMurray started as a film noir guy. I mean, that really that was like his thing. He was this dark, brooding, tall actor that was always like mean sometimes, and and then became the nice dad.
2: Like, well, after the apartment, he got so many fan letters saying, "I don't like to see you like this." Really? Yes, and that's when he went to Disney. And did Son of Flubber and all those, old, old G and Chip and My Three Sons. Wow. Because his character was so despicable in The Apartment, which also played this year mm-hmm. at the Turner Classic mo- Movies. But I went to see Viva Zapata because mm-hmm. I, I wanted to see Brando okay. on the big screen. I hadn't seen the movie, so that was... How was Viva Zapata? It's good. Yeah? It holds up. Wow. I mean, you know, some of it's a little corny and stuff like that, but it's interesting to see Brando play a Latino. Mm -hmm. and you know the eye makeup you can tell it's a little heavy and stuff like that but it's it's a very emotional film very interesting
1: oh that's fascinating it's a touch of evil makeup kind of thing
0: I remember reading Mm -hmm. um, Carl Malden's book um, I think it's called When Do I Start and he talks about working with Brando and he talks about he talks about that same thing of like when you know they came to him with Streets of San Francisco he was like you know he had won an Oscar I think for On the Waterfront yeah and he was like a cop show there's a crime and it's wrapped up in a nice neat bow at the end of every week you know i'm an, i'm an uh, academy award winning okay
2: and he was like do you think he said he said that well i'm an academy award winning
0: he said well he said in the book he was yeah. literally like i won an oscar i've done broadway Right. and now i got to do this this cop tv show and then he said but he goes i did the thing what you're we just saying i got to work mhm he just said, you know what, I'm going to take the gig, and when do I start? And he said, you know, it was an amazing experience because all that, I got recognized, I had never been recognized as much as when I started doing Streets of San Francisco.
2: And then the American Express commercials. Exactly. Yeah, He right. said, oh, open up that door.
0: Those two things got me recognized all the time. And he goes, as an actor, it was great to just know I got work, I got steady gigs, I got residual checks coming in. He mm-hmm. goes, it was just the res- I didn't have to know, am I going to get this picture? Am I not going to get this picture? He just, I, he loved it.
2: Yeah, actors don't assume they're always going to get the part. Any any movie you see with a star, um, there's probably three or four people of course. that were considered for that. Right. Yeah, you know.
0: and they knew. And they maybe they had to do a screen test or they had to, you know, those lunches with the director are like, that's the audition. Yeah, yeah. Half the time yeah. the director's like, are you going to, thinking, are you going to be a pain in the ass to deal with this? Especially if you're some actor that has a reputation or whatever. Um, But I want to get into this since we're talking about TV. So now.
2: Yeah, today actors will take any part on television. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at Fargo, you look at Mad Men, Mm -hmm. Breaking Bad. I mean, top actors will kill to get on a good show because they know it's hot now. Well, Mm -hmm. the prestige has gone up for television. Oh, God.
0: The hour, the hour episodic now is like it's in a. Golden,
2: it's like a mini movie. Now. It's
0: a go, it's a golden mm-hmm. era, man.
2: Right, and uh, something like Fargo. Uh, some of the episodes were an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, right. yeah, Which yeah, they you were could longer do on FX. Mm-hmm. You can't do that on network. No, no, you can't. CBS won't let you do that. No,
1: you won't. <laughs> and
0: then and the Netflix shows or whatever, they're just
2: like.
1: Uh, now I I think the networks are slowly starting to catch up though. Like one of the like that new David Duchovny, um, show that's coming out uh-huh. about Manson. Um, they're saying like on the, on demand, all the episodes are going to be available, which the network has never done that before. Oh, it's because wow. of uh, binge Netflix. watching. Yeah,
2: binge watching. People yep. like binge watching. And now. the key uh, phrase, what you said, the key word is they're slowly yes. catching up, right? <laughs> very slowly catching up. Yep. But mm-hmm. and you look at the Sopranos and Mad Men and Breaking Bad; they've been around for a while. Yep. Like wake up, guys, wake this up. Is, this is what people even genre programming. You look like anything from like.
1: Uh, you know the strain or any of these uh, this horror programming like Walking Dead has been mm-hmm. you know it's been around for years now the networks try to catch up I'm like oh no we'll make some horror programming in here and there
0: but let's talk about this now you were on the last what two seasons of Mad Men right which is this iconic show it just we're not gonna we'll try not to give any spoilers of the Mad Men series finale.
2: now yeah um, we don't have to
0: we don't have to because a lot
2: of people haven't seen it haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet I haven't seen it yet
0: um, I'll just say this I loved it um, but so now you got to kind of see, you know, you're in, you're involved in this show. That's like the things we're talking about is, is John Hamm going to want to keep working. I mean, I'm sure he is. I mean, but, but like all these things that have happened that have working with Robert Morse and, and seeing that.
2: And Harry Hamlin, ha- I got to work with him. I was a fan of his from oh, LA Law.
0: Right. He was so different in, in Mad Men oh, than he's ever been.
2: Yeah. And he got nominated for an Emmy his first year on the show. He was so great. Yeah. I mean, great character.
0: Great character.
1: Now, do you think um, you might be privy to this or possibly not? Do you think there might be a spinoff like they're doing with the other shows nope. like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead? They're
2: trying to keep kind of the franchise going. I've heard nothing. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm. You know, I think Matt Weiner uh, is going to move on to other things. Right. Um, who knows, though? you know but I I highly doubt it and something like uh, Saul Better Call Saul Mm -hmm. is like a prequel we're uh, focusing on this one character and I love that show Mm -hmm. that was great but we talk about it it's great to see a a television show take its time right and Better Call Saul they really take their time with the scenes setting it up which is a a dream I think for writers and actors Mm -hmm. you know maybe not the crew yeah (laughs)
0: So what is well, it? They're been? getting overtime. So now, <laughs> shooting this show, you're in like the second to last episode or third to last episode.
2: Third to la- uh, fourth to last. Which so is, there was t- two episodes <laughs> before me, and then I did two. This is in the set seven B, and then the last three episodes. So the first two and the last three, I had no idea what was happening. Right. I, you know, if you're not in the episode, if you're you not in the table read, you have no idea. Right. So you just found out about the series
0: for now like everybody
2: else. Right? Absolutely. And that's the way I wanted to because I started out as a fan. Right. You mm-hmm. know, for five and a half seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've been watching the Mad Men since day one, episode one. So it was it was fun to to be a fan again, you know.
0: And what was it like then? I'm sh- did you get to go to like the big... P-
2: I went to the parties. Yeah. I went to oh, the, very invited cool. invited me to the Emmys last year, mm-hmm. which they didn't have to, right. you know. Uh, I wasn't nominated, but I was part, you know, a character in the show. So they invited me. Very generous. I've been to, you know, most of the parties. Uh, I, I kind of forget sometimes you're not, you're not a core member. Right, You're right. just this mm-hmm. guest star, but I'm so involved emotionally in it mm-hmm. that I'm happy for anybody that gets on the show. In The Last Mad Men, I won't give a spoiler alert, there's a woman in bed with Don Draper. Go figure. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching him. I was so happy for the actress. Because right. not only did she get on the last Mad Men, she got to go to bed. We the- yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm really happy for her because her friends are seeing her for the first time, right? You know, because you can't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said her, so many of her actress friends are going to be happy and jealous. Right. You know? But I was, you know, and that's what I thought about the last episode. Like, a lot of actors we hadn't seen before had some really juicy parts. Oh, yeah. You know? So it was, I was very happy. I know exactly how they feel. Right. Especially the last episode.
0: And how has this been for you, just like career-wise?
2: Open a huge door. You know, I still have to audition, but I'm auditioning for Better Stuff. I've had three different projects come from this. And the really first burst was Louis Gideon on Louis oh really and I think that uh, the Mad Men uh, that was a good Louis episode that you were on and so that helped me uh, with exposure so when I walked into an audition for Mad Men uh, they had seen me you know Mm. you know and they said oh and but I wasn't well known right that's another thing you know so Mm -hmm uh i mean you've been on um, many many shows too like
1: you were on a, a a couple fox shows too i mean it's um it's not like this was your
2: first role no you've been, no, you've been no at, you've it been, wasn't but you know usually when you get older i'm i was 59 58 when i was first cast in Mad Men. i'm 60 now mm-hmm. i still got stuff coming out so it's really given give my acting career career a real burst mm-hmm. you know which oh, that's great. It doesn't really happen Right. At the age of fifty-eight, <laughs> you know, and I was talking to Robert Morris. We're talking about him. He was in his seventies when he got Mad Men, and now he's part of an iconic show. Now we could have never seen Robert Morris again. He still had a good career, right? This is makes it even better. Well, the right.
0: cool thing about this, this is it kind of goes back to what we're talking about. Well, like if 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 you haven't seen it, it's new to you. I didn't really know who he was. I kind of saw. I was like, I know. I think I've probably seen him in something, but now. I want to go back and watch all these things he was in.
2: Yeah. Guide for the Married Man. lot a fun. Right. He was great in that. I saw that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, kid, I said 12, Well, William
1: 13. Devane, you know, he got a resurgence on that show 24. He was in a right. bunch of episodes. And you realize, oh, no, he's got quite a resume.
0: Oh, William <laughs> Devane. He's great yeah. in, the, in the Mel Gibson movie Payback, where he's the, he's the mob guy. He's like, let me know about this other mutt. He's either what he you, you referred to Mel Gibson. He, he's also in Marathon. Yeah,
2: yeah Marathon oh, yeah. man. He did a made-for-TV movie back in the '70s about the Kennedys, mm. and I think he played John or Bobby, right? And that's, that's the that first time sense. I saw the guy. Mm-hmm. He he was up for Sam Malone on Cheers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's
0: that's <laughs> that's so crazy. So what are some of the other like?
2: Here's a movie I saw. I didn't like. Okay, but I wanted to see it. It was up against Lenny Bruce. Lenny. The, the Dustin dust Hoffman. Which
0: is a great movie.
2: Yeah, and but I had seen it on the big screen sure. when I was a kid in college. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, The Proud Rebel uh, with Alan Ladd, Olivia de Havilland, uh, directed by Michael Curtiz. Really lame. Really? Really flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a good film at all. But uh, Alan Ladd's son, David Ladd, mm-hmm. played his actual son in the movie. Oh, wow. So he came out and gave a talk about his perspective of you know, being an actor in his film. So I found that interesting. Oh, I, well, I
0: would well. say this real quick. Anybody, the movie Lenny that came out in 1974 directed by Bob Fosse starring Dustin Hoffman playing Lenny Bruce, this movie's worth seeing um, because if you want to know who Lenny Bruce was... Um, it's
2: a good intro to him. It's
0: a really good intro into who he was and I th- it's, it's, it's in that classic era of Dustin Hoffman movies. Right, right. Um, like this, Straight Time... Um, obviously Marathon Man mm-hmm. uh, Midnight Cowboy This is that era where Dustin Hoffman was just Each movie he was playing a completely different person And doing, it, uh, doing an amazing job of it And Lenny, especially if you're a young comic Or just a comic You need to watch
2: this Yeah, it's good right. And uh, In an interview after the movie was done uh, Cliff Gorman played the part on Broadway mm-hmm. And Dustin Hoffman said I think Cliff Gorman would have done a better job or he would have been better in this movie. And that's, that's, that was an interesting thing. Right. I remember I read that. I think it was a Playboy interview, because mm. I devoured Playboy interviews. Right. Well, those there. interviews were great. Yeah. They yeah. got. I mean, ga- listen, the pictures are great, but I, <laughs> but I also read the articles. I mean, mm-hmm. people, you know, women especially dismiss Playboy as this, like, superficial, sure. you know, womanizing kind of magazine. Great interviews right. in Playboy. Michael Douglas mm-hmm. talked about how Carl Malden helped him on streets of San Francisco.
0: That's in Malden's book too. It's great. Malden worked with uh, his dad, Kirk Douglas, and when he came into audition, he looked at his chin and he's like, "Who's your dad?" Because <laughs> I know this chin. And he goes, mm-hmm. to Kirk." He's like, "Yeah, I thought so." <laughs> um, but yeah, he talked about how he said, and, and Malden's book is great. He goes, "Let me help you, kid, and I'll show you. I'll get. I'll help you be famous, right?"
2: So Michael, is that what he said? Help you be famous? It,
0: really? He goes, "I'm going I'm to show you what to do," and he was like, "You got it." Yeah. So then Michael Douglas, you know, leaves the show because he gets he gets big enough, and they bring in Robert Hatch or whatever, one of those, and 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 Michael uh, and um, Carl Mould. Carl them all and said the same thing. Look, kid, follow me. We've been doing the show at that point six, seven years or whatever. Right, he, right. Goes, got, he goes, I got. Let me show you. Maybe he
1: didn't just
2: didn't want anybody there for very long. And what did it, what was Hatch's response?
0: Hatch was like, Oh, I've already gotten. Um, I've been on a soap opera, and I got the most fan mail of anybody, so I got this figured out. And Colin Malden writes in his book, that's when I knew the show was done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got more fan mail. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how like, well, anybody, any artist, can really have their head up their ass Yeah, here's, and not look at it as a new opportunity. Carl
0: Malden <laughs> yeah. is telling you, "It's <laughs> telling you, follow me. Yeah, I'll help you, you. And you're like, yeah. nah, I got it. Um, and the great thing, too, is... Um, Malden he, he, I forget he's some Eastern European background, so his real name is like Malden Sekulovich. Right. Or something like that. So the move Sekulovic is in that show constantly. They're like Sergeant Sekulovic, get yeah. over here. Yeah. Like they put his name
1: the rest of his last name. The,
0: his actual <laughs> name
1: Sikulovich Bakery. What's yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <exactly, yeah, laughs>
0: no, but they do that stuff all the time. It's hilarious. it's hilarious. it's a great god, it's a great book to read. Um, when, do, when do I start I think is what it's called Carl Mold, Carl Molden's book right. great book
1: alright you want to talk about some DVDs let's do it uh, American Sniper coming out now we we talked a lot about this film and we um, we, did we also did a spoiler app, you can uh, definitely reference that it is definitely worth um, your time it's a it's a really good film
0: you know what I'd like to hear guys if you haven't seen American Sniper and you have an inclination to watch it I'd like you to watch it and listen to our spoiler app and then email us and tell us what you're what yes. your thoughts on it? Yes. Because it was obviously this thing that split a lot of people and became and political. If you, if
1: you haven't seen it, watch it without any preconceived notions. Good luck know. with that. Yeah, <laughs> no political. No, there's just nothing. Just but try watch to just it.
0: watch it as a, as film, a film and tell yeah. us what you think of it as a film. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say on that.
1: Um, the next movie on DVD is Strange Magic. This was the um, George Lucas animated film that. Uh, if you want some entertaining reads, read the reviews on IMDb. <laughs> People are absolutely furious about this movie and are taking it very personally. Uh, Apparently, it's not a good film, uh, not even a good film for children. And um, there's many people that are just very enraged
2: by it on IMDb, so you can check that out. I was laughing out loud. It's amazing how movies, people take it personally. Yes. You know, because that's the power of film, though. It's not Mm -hmm. necessarily that these people don't have a life. Right, It's because you're investing in time. Movies mean a lot to you. And when you see something that insults you right. because it's so bad. You take it personally. Yeah. In, in, fact, in one, the same way if you see a movie that empowers you right. Right.
1: or it makes you uh, wonder about life. One, one of the one of my favorite ones was it was a, a father who had taken his kid. This is their first animated movie. And he was furious that this ended up being the f- first animated yeah, movie that he took his kids. Yeah, going this as, kid will have this memory yeah. for the rest of
2: his life. <laughs> damage. There's a therapist out there going to make some money because of George Lucas.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a good point, though. It kind of ties into the whole TCM thing. Going to... You can download it and watch it at home or whatever, but going Absolutely. to a theater... Is an experience. It takes effort. It takes money. It takes time. So, like,
1: especially when, when you get older, then it's babysitters, it's, and
2: you know, you go out to dinner usually, right. and it's an evening out. It's an evening out, and it's, it's a, hard when you have an HD TV right there in your house, right? Yeah, you know. But there it's is that town. ritual.
0: There is that ritual, mm-hmm. and so when you go, so when it is good and it empowers you or motivates you or whatever, it's awesome. And then when it's bad, it's like God damn it! Like yeah. I spent all this time and money, and these guys spent however many millions of dollars to make this and. This is what they fucking did. Like it's it does make it does bring out the emotion in it.
2: Calm down, I know, fucking god goddamn I saw the Jean Luc Godard film, mm-hmm. the one with my father in law, who was a big fan of his from way mm-hmm. back, and it was garbage. Right? It was, it was, was that was his a, latest one? The, yeah, it was only an hour and ten minutes, but it was saw it at the Arrow uh-huh. in mm-hmm. Santa Monica. It was just uh, an old guy jerking off. Was that the one in three D? Yes. Oh, uh, no I, reason to be in three D. So the glasses made it even more cumbersome. <laughs> you, know, you have a headache now. It was horrible. <laughs> and people were coming out, oh, I thought... You, you stop. You're just yeah. saying that. Yeah. You're just saying it because you think you should. It was <laughs> a waste of time.
1: Um, all right. Um, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. And I will say I loved the first one. I thought it, it hit that great um, sweet spot of nostalgia and... Parody, uh, parody and humor uh-huh. and... Uh, that being said, I had no desire to see the sequel at all. I'm like, well no, I, I already saw what you were trying to do. I'm done. I don't need yeah, any, I, don't, I don't need a weak attempt at trying to recapture it that will never work. This is on an international flight
0: where I've got twelve hours to kill. And no John Cusack either. Yeah. Exactly. I'll probably maybe we'll watch it, but I can't I feel the same way. Like the first one was great. I don't want to ruin it.
2: You know why John Cusack didn't do it? Don't he get, know. He got more fan mail than any of the other
1: ads.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Delivered. Handwritten <Yeah>. fan mail.
1: <laughs> there were some things on Twitter where he was saying, oh, they never asked me. I'm like, I don't. That's I bullshit. find that hard to believe. They would never ask yeah. you, that you didn't get asked bullshit. to be in that uh, movie. Um... Uh, Premiering this week Tomorrowland
0: Oh I'm excited to see this I gotta
1: say I'm really excited to see it I already have tickets The whole family is going We're going Sunday And we got the El Capitan tickets So you get like The uh, old time Hollywood You get the organ player You get a magic show And you get the movie Oh that'll be great It's gonna be great It's an evening It's an afternoon out And I'm so looking forward To this For a couple of reasons First of all Love George Clooney Love the concept, and Brad Bird's directing it, Iron Giant and The Incredibles. So I'm really, uh, this looks like that great golden age of Disney type movies of Mm -hmm. like Treasure Island and those, um, that they're not kids films, they're family films that we can all go and enjoy together.
2: That's so great when you have a family. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I don't have kids, so I'm going to stay home and watch hockey. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll see tomorrow and tomorrow. Yeah, That's go. when I'll see it. Exactly. I, won't, I don't need what, the organ. I don't need a magic. I don't need a bunch of little kids going, Mommy, I don't get it. <laughs> you want to watch guys on skates? Fight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, you're going to save a lot of money. Always <laughs> oh, expensive. Yeah. But see, you know, that's the amazing thing, living in L.A., With the Turner Classic Movie Festival, the old movies at the Arrow, Mm -hmm. Tomorrowland with an organist and a whole show. Yeah, This is why, one of the reasons why we live here, to bear witness to this.
0: It's the great, when I first moved here almost 20 years ago, I fell in love because they're just like, oh, we're re-releasing Apocalypse Now and Godfather. I saw all these movies on the big screen for the first time. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. And that's... I want, I want, I want comedy filmers to get big enough that we can buy an old theater, fix it up, and show classic movies in there. That's but, what I want. To
2: but do. don't do it here. Do it in the heartland. Yeah, so well, some of your, yeah. your, your fans can at least we'll get do on it a all bus. over the country. That's yeah. what I
0: want to f- just we'll
2: with have a tent. A we'll have a tent. We'll have an organ. <laughs> we'll do some magic tricks.
0: No, Graham it's will not come some out hobo a hobo gypsy <laughs> parade. It's Graham will
2: read from the Carl Malden autobiography. No, <laughs>
1: But to be fair, we do have plans for a Hobo
2: Gypsy Parade. No, no, that's a separate issue. That's That's a separate separate festival and it's a separate ticketed event. Hey, how long have you guys been doing this?
0: Comedy Film Nerds as a website has been since 08. So you've been writing for us since 08.
2: Podcast.
0: Podcast since December of 09.
2: Let me say this. Congratulations oh, guys thanks dude No thank I you. remember when you started this And you know Out of a shoebox You know yes. Whatever it was <laughs> Hey do you want to do this But that it's grown to this I salute you Thanks thank you. man props It's well, great know, We're happy to have you a part of it you, Yeah and thank you for having me you've on
0: You've been a part of this And you know You've been on this You helped write You wrote chapters in the book You've written articles And columns for us You helped us out On day one And we couldn't have done it Without guys like you
2: And the money I've made From this It's amazing I don't have to act The residuals alone Mad Men was just a hobby Yeah it was (laughs) (laughs) We just Oh okay And I'm like I have my Listen we know You have the comedy film We just send
0: the CFN chopper To pick you up And
2: fly you up to the valley beautiful We record (laughs) on a yacht (laughs)
0: <laughs> now that we're swimming in yeah, and by the way the
2: pilot chopper doesn't understand the shortest distance straight line thing uh, yeah you well, the freeway yeah. so. <laughs> we'll work on that we'll Thank iron you. that out oh. oh by the way have you seen lock love Locke. getting okay. back to tom hardy yes yeah i haven't seen it yet. my favorite movie of last year oh for oh, sure Cool. and it wasn't nominated it wasn't on top 10 lists. didn't get
0: anybody's real attention
2: but it should have yeah, it was unbelievable. Locke was one of those films. And- L-O-C-K-E. Put an mm-hmm. E on the end mm-hmm. of Locke. And I I just had to talk about that. And Wild Things, too. Which yes. Is now, talking. you
1: said uh, Wild Tales, right? Wild
2: Tales. Wild, wild Tales. Yes, thank
1: and, you. And, we wanna, and also, you made it a point, too, to make sure you don't find anything about this movie before you see it. Absolutely check out not. Check out
2: Wild that Tales. That goes for any movie. Yeah. Unless you're bringing your kid, you know, in and and its know subject it is, matter, right? or you're going on a date, you right. know. Locke is not a date movie No, no, it's not, not a
0: date movie at all
2: so, Bad Lieutenant, not a date not, movie yeah. <laughs> A mistake I made I got a screening This is in the 90s Hey, you invited a screening I took a date Whoa Yeah Bad movie But she stayed with me for a couple Good for you yeah. mm-hmm. Way to go That's The Habe your, overcomes that The Habe yeah. That's that sweet havy charm Yeah, after that You took her to Blue Velvet eye, yeah. To really try to see <laughs> yeah. If she would stay Try to get her to rebound Yeah
1: that. <laughs> So now, also premiering this week is Poltergeist. And I, I gotta say, I watched the trailer, and uh, it made me even more baffled as to why this remake exists or why somebody even bought
0: it. This is why I would like to buy a theater, fix it up, and show the like. The, the, this is what we would do if we owned any theaters right now. This weekend, where they're re-releasing this or not re-releasing the remade it remade Poltergeist, what would we would show the original one? That's fucking awesome. Yes, this is the dumbest thing. Who I've did ever.
2: this? Oh, God. I don't uh, know. Who directed it? Was a this criminal? Well, no, it came from Spielberg, right? Well, no,
1: it's because he did the original. He gets a credit on the remake, but I don't think he had much to do with it.
2: Well, Who's this? Bob and Stan in Wichita? Who, Gil who? Keenan. Okay. All Ooh, right. Gil Keenan, of course. Yeah, Spielberg now will put his name on anything. Yeah, <laughs> but needs- don't you feel, though, that teenagers today would prefer a, a, a poltergeist with a lot more whammies? You know, that they couldn't... Maybe. They become impatient watching
1: Well, then then make a new movie that has more scares and more things teenagers like. Why remake a movie uh, and just shoehorn all these things in? I
2: agree, but still.
0: I get that, yeah.
2: there's There's a whole market out there.
0: But this guy directed City of Ember and Monster House. Like, I just don't know why. Maybe
2: those
1: were good. I don't know. I'm sure they were good. Uh, And (laughs) also coming out for counter-programming when you're not going to see Poltergeist is When Marnie Was There. Now, this is an animated film from Studio Ghibli. It's going to be a very limited release. And it's uh, unfortunately, it sounds like it's going to be their last animated feature for a long time. And uh, I was watching the trailer, and what I love about their films now, they don't make kids' movies. They don't really necessarily make adult movies. They make movies for them. It's like when Warner Brothers would make the Bugs Bunny shorts. It's like, we didn't make them, we made them for us. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they do these on just this grand scale. And it's uh, another coming of age movie um, about two girls and the friendship. It's a little vague in the uh, trailer what it's actually about, um, but it looks. Great. I mean, I'm a big fan of all their movies, and I I, I love when one comes out, and I'm a little kind of melancholy that this may be the last one. But if you can find it, if it's near you, if it's on demand, um, check it out when Marnie was there. All right.
0: Um, Let's go into some site spotlight and fan feedback.
1: CJ and Neil both have dueling Mad Max reviews, although they're not really dueling, they both thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) And I will say that uh, um, CJ's review, especially him being Australian, is... uh, is pretty much spot on. I really, um, I agreed with everything he said in the uh, in the review.
0: Um, fan feedback: uh, We had a nice posting uh, May Fourteenth. Uh, what was the last horrible bad movie you saw? Uh, <laughs> There's some great posts uh, because yeah, because they talk a lot about from the, the podcast. How did this get made? Um, so Quincy Brown said I watched The Room last week, which is this sort of classic bad movie. called um, following, yeah uh someone said divergent three severity said divergent um and uh what was the other one we just saw oh chase gregory you are brave for watching the 1996 island of dr moreau uh that is we we're talking about brando that's one of those what happened
1: yeah how did that yeah was this how, just paying how, what, for yeah. court
2: fees for something like or like well, you know he like, gave away the rights to the godfather uh, you, do you know about that story? No. Robert Evans talks about it in uh, The Kid Stays in the Picture. Mm-hmm. Great showbiz book. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brando was having – And also
0: great documentary.
2: Yeah. Brando was having tax problems and he sold his rights to Paramount for like 150, dollars 175000 oh. It would have been worth millions. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So, so uh, Brando uh, needed the money oh man
1: and that was one of those movies too that looked like every scene was directed by a different director like it looked like this weird mishmash of like well whose whose turn is it on set to direct today you know like everyone on the crew took a turn for the day it was that movie is a complete mess but it's one of those movies too that
2: mike's in traffic yeah
1: (laughs) all right grab the reins. get the script girl uh, uh, I don't go to sure with the rest just the uh, camera's It please. it it really is a train wreck so it's worth watching just for um uh for that reason.
0: Um all right, yeah. Alistair Lagone recently saw Dune. It was terrible. So much random narrated ex- exposition.
2: <laughs>
0: That's so fucking awesome and accurate. So on the money. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Michelle uh, Bouchard-Toth, Space Station 76. To be honest, I only made it about halfway through. I couldn't take another minute. My head hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> These are awesome, you guys. And we love when you post your, your, your opinions on this on the, on the Facebook that's fan right. page. And, uh, yeah, like the Facebook fan page. That's a great thing. So that's our episode.
1: And uh, keep uh, stay tuned for the spoiler app dropping oh, soon. Oh, Mad Max spoiler app.
0: Alan Havey, thank you so much for being on the show. What do you got coming up? Where can people find what can you the can you talk internet? about? It? I know you're on an NDA for I, you know, no, I have
2: three projects coming out, but I can't talk about them. Nice. Like, yeah, so nice. If people will see them or they won't. But I'll talk about them sure. after I do them. Right here. <laughs> Only here. <laughs> this is where I spill all the secrets. Now Let me you... tell you something about John Hamm, who plays Don Draper. Mm-hmm. 30 pounds overweight, mostly bald cute overbite you know, <laughs> and a wisp, but they put a special lens on the camera it makes them that handsome and i said could i get the ham lens they go no and they put it in a box and they wheel it away yeah it's
0: know. in a gold sealed box that
2: <laughs> no real pleasure to be here guys and uh, thanks for getting me into the classic film festival amen absolutely you know, thanks for going year. every year and If you don't watch turner classic movies you are not a comedy film nerd no you're not you're just not
0: um any, any upcoming uh, stand-up dates?
2: Yes, I'm going to be in Las Vegas uh, in the uh, third week of June. Okay. I'll be at the Comedy Cellar in New York uh, June 12th through the 15th. And uh, go to Allenhavy.com. You're not under NDA for those dates? No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't even talk about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your gardener, when I was walking in, said, what are you doing here? I said, can't talk about it. Yeah. So- <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, you know, I'll be at a comedy club. And yeah, But watch Locke and watch the Oscar. If you mm. want to watch a bad movie, really turkey of Wait, a film.
0: That's the Stallone one. No.
2: What's it? The Oscar. Look it up. Oh, God. It's really hard to find, but I guarantee mm. you, you will laugh hysterically when you watch the Oscar.
0: The Oscar.
2: Yeah. All right. Good. Another great recommendation. All right.
0: Oh, 1966. Yes. Mm. The Oscar, 1966. Ooh, directed by Russell Rouse. Oh, a snotty Hollywood actor becomes even more full of himself after he's nominated for Best Actor at the Academy Awards. Yeah, perfect. This is going to be... Ju- gorgeous um all right dr havey thank you so much for being on the show my pleasure guys uh guys if you haven't watched uh the last season of Mad Men, watch it for alan havey and many other reasons it's, we'll it's watching
2: a- it on netflix i get a nickel every time you watch oh yeah it. yeah so <laughs> stream it. Binge me it out of the streets of san francisco <laughs> <laughs> remake
1: <laughs>
0: uh all right guys um uh, I will be uh, headlining the Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis uh, June 19th and 20th. Uh, check that out. Um, that's on my website. And also will be uh, also headlining the improv at Harris in Las Vegas. The end of uh, July, uh, that date is uh, July 14th through the 19th. Um, check that out, and we're gonna. Can we say? Can we talk about this? I'll be there the week before. Yes. Oh, okay, awesome.
1: Yep, podcast movement. Well, Graham and I will be there um, in Dallas. In Dallas, and we will be there uh, doing. It looks like we might be doing a show, but we'll definitely be doing panels. Mm-hmm. The show isn't confirmed yet, but the panels are definitely. It's
0: July thirty first and August and 1st and August first. Yes, uh, and also we'll be a comic con.
1: Yeah, and we'll definitely be a comic con. Um we we can't announce which panel it is, but you um uh, probably have a pretty good idea. Take a guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing
2: like a couple of players. That's right, friend.
0: Get in your CFN helicopter. Yeah. If there's uh, a free panel, we'll be there. We'll be- <laughs> um <laughs> So check that out. And of course, Los Angeles Podcast Festival, September 18th through the 20th. Yes. Uh, going to be announcing some big stuff pretty soon with that. We're just finalizing the deals on that and yes. some other shows. So, yes.
1: And uh, also we did finalize Thrilling Adventure Hour. Mm. They will be there. And yeah. also, um, starting in June, uh, we will be starting to sell some Thrilling Adventure Hour merchandise. Yes. Not yet, but hey. in a couple of
0: weeks. Hi. Hey. Um, all right, guys. That's everything that we got going on. Uh, as we've talked about Thank you for supporting the show. Many of you have been listening all these years. Anyone who's new, thank you so much. All the great things you can do to help the show out for free. Positive reviews on iTunes helps. Yep, Uh, Liking us on any of the social media platforms. Uh, Those numbers actually matter. Um, So we appreciate all of your guys'
2: support. Uh, Yelling out focus. Yeah, in a you, theater, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll help. That
0: helps yelling out, folks. <laughs> Can't hear you. Yelling out that and uh, not and then, talking at a comedy club. Those things help. at sure. the movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else?
1: Um. Uh, well, I will say now that we're talking about it, because when I saw Mad Max, this infuriated me. The person next to me, um, was eating f- home food for the last for an hour through the film and had the most um. I don't know what she had wrapped it in, but it sounded like wax paper attached to a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you know, if you're going to bring food from home, I get it. It's expensive to eat at the uh, the theater food, but um, wrap it properly. So it's not loud for an hour next to the people next to you.
2: It's communal empathy. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that's our episode. Thank you again, Alan Havy, for being on the show. Um... Episode 269, Put It in the Books. My name is Graham Elwood. And
1: I'm Chris Mancini, and as always, remember... Han shot first. first. Unless you're Don Draper.